0: Hi, I'm Josh McDonald.
1: And I'm Random Materi, and we are Hand Therapy Academy.
0: One of the courses that we haven't, uh, we finished, but hasn't come out yet that we wanted to kind of tease a little bit here was wound care, specifically how we're going to do wound care in a hand therapy clinic. And in the course that's coming out in a while, we cover all these different complicated materials and products and ways to manage it, but we also try to simplify it down. So we wanted to cover what that looks like here. So let's talk a little bit about maybe a little bit less complicated wound care stuff in a hand therapy setting. So, Miranda, what are kind of the primary products you like to have in your clinic?
1: Yeah, so for us, I like to keep it very simple. I would think 99% of the stuff that we get, we handle with these types of dressings. And if there's something we don't have, oftentimes the patient will bring them it with them if it's something specific. So, for our clinic, we have Adaptic, Xeroform, Telfa four by fours, and then various sizes of gauze wrap. So with those five items, we're able to accomplish 99% of our wound care tasks. And sometimes we'll use a little silver nitrate, but not that often.
0: So do you have in your clinic hydrocolloids and calcium alginates and all that other stuff?
1: No, the problem with those is usually they don't have that long of a shelf life. So you always have to watch and make sure they're not expiring. Um, they're very, very expensive. And oftentimes surgeons are not asking for these, right? Every once in a while, you'll get an occasional patient that has something very specific. But in that case, that patient is usually seeing a wound care nurse or um, they're being provided the dressings, like say it's a work cop case or something like that. And they're bringing them in and you're helping them change them.
0: You're right. And so someone's coming in and has these big complex needs. Chances are they have a wound care nurse following them also. So either they're coming in with that stuff or they um, their they're, wound nurse is doing it for them. So it's not something we have to have on hand except for the rare circumstance. And Amazon's great about getting that stuff to us within a day or two if we, if we need it.
1: Yeah, and I will say, like on Amazon, you'll get different brands, right? So sometimes you'll be looking for Zero Form, which we know is like an iodine based yellow um, pad that has a smell to it, right? You always remember the smell because of the iodine in it. Um, but with that, it also can be called Zero Flow, which, um, so if you've ever made that mistake, you know that it is kind of in between adaptic and zero but you don't necessarily need that. But I would just say, so if you are ordering them on Amazon, um, just make sure you're calling it the right things and then know that different brands have different qualities.
0: And the zero I've ordered some that was zero but it came from Kesson and a different manufacturer made a different f- version of zero And sometimes it's more goopy or less goopy. Um, the more goopy it is, the fewer layers I'll use as it imparts a lot more moisture. Um, but it's also kind of a mess to handle. So I prefer getting the brands a little bit less goopy just out of convenience for the patient and I.
1: Yeah, and for that, I think it depends on how much it's going to stick, right? And so if you need, if you have one that's less goopy, I've also taken where I would just take a little bit of bacitracin and like spreading it on there, kind of like you would like butter a toast, you butter the zero form and lay it on there so it's not sticking on there. Because when it gets stuck on there, then you're removing some of the vitalized tissue. So we don't necessarily want that. So if if you do have one that's less goopy, you can make it a little bit more goopy. Um, just remember some of those principles of wound healing that we want it moist and not too dry.
0: Yeah. So when would you decide this patient needs zero form? What's your decision point?
1: Usually when they're immediately post-op, I'll continue to use the zero form just because of that, you know the iodine has some of the antibacterial properties in it. And then once they're not like oozing and it's dry and it's looking good, then I'll move into more of the adaptic, um, which is still, you know, a nonstick barrier, but it allows it to breathe a little bit easier and it's for something that's a little bit better healed.
0: And so if they are, if they have an open area, if they have some edge differential that we need to, I'll say pack, but not like official wound care packing. And we want to like bring that edge up. Xeroform is a good option to act as like an artificial skin, both for protecting from outside contaminants to keep that underlying uh, subdural uh, tissue moist um, and then allow those epithelial cells to migrate a little easier without this big edge differential.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good um, comment that you made that we didn't talk about. The other thing is where I'll use more Xeroform is immediately after skin grafts. So, even partial thickness or full thickness, usually I'll use the Xeroform for like five to seven days. and and then move into the adaptic. So I like to use that for similar reasons where you're talking about the edge barrier. It allows the tissues to migrate a little easier and it allows the um, wound bed to heal or the skin graft to take.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about TELFA. We mentioned zero form and a little bit of adaptic. What's your decision tree on when to use TELFA and what is TELFA?
1: Alpha is a non-stick gauze. It's like what they have inside the band-aids, you know, that little white pad that's in the band-aids. So that's very nice because it doesn't stick and it also is pretty absorbent. So I honestly don't use Telfa a ton, but I will use it occasionally. And I like it for those patients who, you know, they don't really need zero form, but they could benefit from Adaptic, but maybe they can't find Adaptic where they're at, right? Some of it's a little bit hard to find. But Telfa, you can find pretty much anywhere, and it's usually labeled as a non-stick dressing. So I, I like it for that reason. I like that it has a little bit more padding. It gives the wound a little bit more um, protection, I guess, without... Um, offering a lot of gauze, so you can use less gauze with Telfa, and um, it's usually a little easier for people to find and a little easier for people to use.
0: And uh, yeah, definitely. I like using it too for those patients who don't have necessarily an open wound that needs zero form and that protective layer, but it's still got a lot of exudate and a lot of drainage coming out of it. Adaptic won't contain that drainage, and so they're just piling on four by fours and end up with a very bulky dressing. Telfa is pretty low profile, but... Exudate won't seep through it to the dressings on the outside, stays a little bit more pleasant to look at on the outside of the dressing. Um, And so it's really absorbent that inside of the Band-Aid square analogy is is great. It helps patients understand this is just for absorbent purposes and so that your gauze doesn't stick and become a bad wet to dry dressing. And we never want to do wet to dry. That's bad standard of care at this point.
1: Yeah. So sometimes I'll tell people like when I'm using the TELPA or when I want them to use it, you're basically making a custom Band-Aid for yourself so a lot of times the band-aids we buy don't fit every wound right or every situation so with telpa you could make your own band-aid and you can change it out it's inexpensive and easy to find
0: and i like the concept of adding one more product to your list and that's just band-aids we have a huge number of patients that when they leave the hospital they're in these big bulky dressings and we progress them down but then there's a point where Maybe they're not ready to have nothing on it, but it's small enough, hey, we can use just an over-the-counter Band-Aid on this. And it's this kind of relief to them, like, wait a minute, I don't have to have three-inch gauze wrapped from my wrist to my elbow. Like, no, simple little Band-Aid. Maybe I put it in an X or something like that. And it kind of helps them come to grips with, hey, this wound is almost done because that's a very approachable, normal kind of dressing.
1: Yeah. That's definitely a nice progression or graduation. Um, one thing we haven't talked a lot about is wound cleansing products. I know we said a little bit that we do use saline. The other thing sometimes I'll use is like an antibacterial foam soap. And those are both easy to find and easy to have in your clinic. And usually I'll show them to the patient. So they know what to purchase at home as well. So those are nice to clean the wound after you have removed the dressings.
0: And it's good to clean on a regular basis. Uh, we tell patients to change, if it's a significant wound, to change their dressings daily so they can get a look at what's going on underneath there and while it's open, cleaning it. The CDC does uh, recommend, actually not just allow, for recommend that within 24 to 48 hours of a wound um, occurring, that it's safe and okay to have water, soapy water washing over it. So in the shower, as long as there's not risk for, like if it's an open to a tendon, that's not an okay thing, but a standard wound, water washing over it, but never using hydrogen peroxide that does a great job of killing the cells we want and is not so good at killing the bacterial cells always so no hydrogen peroxide
1: yeah and i think patients are always surprised that they're like wait i can get this wet in the shower right i can take it down yeah now i know some surgeons have very specific preferences right we all know them and we know like okay this patient i know i'm going to tell them not to do that but I would say the majority of our docs that we work with want us to take the dressings down, have the patient wash it in the shower, get out, you know, let it dry and then wrap it back up.
0: Yeah. And let it air dry from that super humid shower for just a short period of time, 20, maybe 30 minutes if it's super moist, but not letting that wound air dry out for long periods. Certainly not if uh, if it's just if it's not coming out of a shower just to let it air dry, we don't want that. Uh, that helps produce more scar tissue and it slows down the progression of granular tissue. Yeah. That's a ton of information, uh, but hopefully it simplifies wound care for you and you have an idea of just the basic materials to keep on hand. You don't have to keep all the crazy stuff. Um, And we have a wound care course that's coming out in in a little while, but know that all of our courses that we have are available online, uh, everything from flexor tendon to documentation. So all that stuff out. If you're interested just in a standalone course, um, head to our website at handtherapyacademy.com. We've got a lot of different courses available there.
1: All right, you guys.